This is our number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and we get together each and every Sunday night for three hours. We talk about the news of the week and often about the events of our bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Later on in this hour, I am going to detail two of the worst episodes of media malpractice I have ever seen in my entire life that happened this week, both in the realm of sports, one of which I am exceedingly intimately, unfortunately, involved in. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yes, I know, Leah, I know you definitely underline the word unfortunately involved in. Uh, I'm referring, the first one I'm not directly involved with is the Kurt Schilling story, which took a bizarre turn this week. The second is the Joe Paterno story, where I need to um, tell you what really occurred. And there's two two elements to that. One, if you care about the Joe Paterno story and the whole quote-unquote Penn State scandal, but more people I think will be more interested in just how utterly, completely, and totally broken and corrupt Our news media is, and I will detail that later in this hour. But first, I want to finish up the Reader's Digest version, the short version, of how it is that Donald Trump really became the GOP nominee. And there's two tracks to this. There's the media track, which we've gotten deeply into, and there's the political track. And I need to, to provide some more thoughts on the political track here because one of the more stunning elements of this whole Trump sanity is how unimportant electability was to the GOP uh, electorate. Have have you seen some of the numbers on electability and how important or lack thereof it was for GOP voters, Leah? It's stunning. In Indiana, I believe the exit polls indicated something like 11% of Indiana GOP voters considered electability to be the most important factor in deciding who they were going to vote for. Now, I just can't understand that because if you, you know this is a job application, the number one requirement is can you beat Hillary Clinton? Because nothing else matters. It doesn't matter who you are, what you believe in, nothing. If you can't get elected, it doesn't matter. And yet, yes, but nobody believes that. The Trump supporters do not believe it. And that's there's a reason why that is, which is part of this whole perfect storm that created Trump sanity. And what I'm referring to is a misunderstanding, a misreading of the country and a misunderstanding of the nature of our elections. First of all, people don't seem to understand the massive difference between midterm elections, where Republicans do very well, and presidential elections, where Republicans do very poorly recently. That's not coincidence. That's because of two basic factors. In a general election, turnout is much larger than in a midterm election. We're sure. When you have larger turnout, what does that automatically mean? It, it means idiots and imbeciles. Idiots imbeciles! Those are the people who decide to vote in general elections, but who do not vote in midterm elections. So mm-hmm. you bring into the electorate millions and millions of idiots. <laughs> so that is why Republicans do worse in general elections. 
Sure. There's a second reason. In a midterm election, the news media is castrated because it's very difficult to turn a midterm election into a national story because who's being elected is all on a local and state level. Now, they've tried it. They kind of did it in 2006 with the whole Mark Foley situation and the Iraq war and Katrina. They were able to use those three issues to turn the House and the Senate Democrat in 2006. But recently, they haven't been able to do that because, ironically enough, Democrats are in the White House. So when Democrats are in the White House, it's really hard for the news media, especially when they're ratings driven and no one cares about hardcore politics. It's really hard for them to dictate the agenda on a midterm election. It's impossible. And local news doesn't do any political coverage at all, period, because there's not even cable news networks. And local television news is all about car chases and crap now. So in a midterm elections, Republicans don't have to worry about the incredibly biased news media. So there's not as many. And the news media is castrated. In a general election, the news media dictates the entire agenda. They're in charge of everything because it's two people, Hillary and Trump, and the news networks and the mainstream networks, they control the narrative. And so the electorate is different and the media coverage is different. And that is why Republicans who don't understand that think that it's easy for a Republican to win a presidential election. Mm-mm. It's not. It is not anymore. nearly <laughs> impossible. You have to draw an inside straight from a geographic electoral college perspective. You have to. And the other thing that Republicans didn't understand with regard to Donald Trump is they don't understand the difference between a primary election and a general election. This one drives me more crazy than anything the Trumpsters say, Leah. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many hundreds of times I heard, but Trump is winning big among Republicans in a multi-person primary. He'll do even better in a general election. That's right. <laughs> the, the term apples and oranges, this isn't apples and oranges. This This is... Apples and orangutans. I mean, they're completely different animals. Folks, for Donald Trump, for most of this campaign, he was getting in the 35, 36, 37% range among Republican voters in a multi-person primary. That is a minuscule number. Minuscule. And has almost no bearing on winning a two-person general election that is based in the electoral college those two things have nothing to do with one another and the other and by the way it works in the inverse how many times i heard people say what do you mean scott walker or what do you mean marco rubio if they couldn't even get 30 percent in a gop primary how could they get 50 percent in a general election (laughs) because they're two totally different situations yeah but people don't get that i mean they, they they don't understand it and it's too late that's the problem. Well, we have a we, you know, 
I think there's a reason, there's a very good reason why Donald Trump... I love the poorly educated. I mean, that's, that's his base. Yeah. They don't understand how elections work. They don't understand the difference between primaries and generals. They don't understand right. the difference between midterms and generals. They don't understand the Electoral College. And so, they don't understand the media. Well, they certainly don't understand the news media. Now, look, I'm going to make it very clear. You know, I'm not backing off my prediction that Trump is going to lose to Hillary unless one of three things happen. Major terrorist attack, major mm -hmm. market crash, or somehow mm -hmm. Hillary gets indicted, which is not going to happen. And by mm -hmm. the way, that's that's another thing I love. Hillary's going to get indicted. Don't worry. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Good, good luck. Good luck with that one. Um, unless one of those three things happens, Trump is not going to win. Now, I do believe he's going to make it close for a while because I think the news media is worried about blowing him out. I think they're worried that if this thing turns into a 20-point blowout, that they lose their big ratings fall. So I think that the media is incentivized to take it easy on Trump for a while because I think they know they can take him out whenever they want to. Which, by the way, they might be overestimating their ability to do that. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but, but, Leah, his negatives are, are too high. They're just too high, and the Electoral College Hill is too steep for him well, to do this. Uh, we'll talk more about that in coming weeks. We'll have many, many weeks to do that. Sure. But, it, but, but anyway, I just wanted to take you know, this hour and 15 minutes to, to outline kind of as the foundation for you know, how we got to where we are before we change into this new stage of the campaign where Trump and, and Hillary are basically the nominees. Uh, was there anything that I said there that you thought – Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense, or that you disagreed with, or no, no. I because everything that you just talked about. I mean, we have talked about in different spurts on this show, but never all at once. Okay. So now it's there as part of the record, and um, and hopefully you've been at least somewhat educated and maybe a little bit entertained about the real story of how Donald Trump got here. There's still other elements of it. Um, which I'm sure we'll get to in, in weeks and months ahead. Uh, but there's other things I want to get to, including these two stories of media malpractice, which we'll do when we come back on the John and Leah show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, Leah, you know probably better than anybody on the planet that I have devoted most of my 
life or whatever whatever it might be worth worth boy that was well said uh for whatever it might be worth <laughs> to exposing and trying to correct media malpractice i did a film about the 2008 election with that name media malpractice how obama got elected and palin was targeted and ever since then see i thought <laughs> i thought in the 2008 election it could never get worse than that the, I really did. When I was making that movie, I thought, this is this I mean, is it. This is as bad as it will ever get. What I didn't realize was, no, 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 no. That was just the opening of the floodgates. Now the floodgates are open, and there's nothing to stop it. Because no one in a fragmented world has the ability to stop it. And the media doesn't self-police anymore. And our attention spans are so short, we just move on. And, you know, and, and, and everyone's got their own little base of, of, of customer support. And as long as they keep that, it doesn't matter who else they offend. So there's all range of reasons why that's the case. That's another story for another day. But there are two egregious off the charts examples that I have to get to in the next uh, 35 minutes of the program. The first deals with Kurt Schilling. Now, we spoke about Kurt Schilling a couple weeks ago because he had been fired. He's a former Major League Baseball pitcher of great note, likely future Hall of Famer, although that might be in doubt now for political of reasons. Of course not, um, you know, because he's a racist or a murderer or whatever he is. Well, well he <laughs> might call him everything. No, no, he, he would be in better shape if that's if he was a murderer. He would. I mean, Ray, Ray Lewis might be a murderer, and he's going into the Hall of Fame, and he's got a job at ESPN. <laughs> But I digress. Anyway, the point is, a couple weeks ago, Schilling got fired from his job as a commentator at ESPN. Why? Because on Facebook, he posted a meme of an actual photograph of a tra transgendered man with a, with a message that he did not write stating that this person must be allowed to go to the bathroom with your daughter or you are a horrible, terrible person who must die. Yep. That was it. I mean, it was a perfectly reasonable, rational, and accurate meme about an issue on which I think most of the American people agrees with Kurt Schilling. It had nothing to do with his employment on ESPN, and they fired him. Now, they have the right to fire him, except the double standard there was off the charts because they would never have done that if he was black or if he was a liberal or took the right position on this baloney involving transgender bathrooms. I thought that was bad enough. I thought that was outrageous and a horrible precedent. What they did this week was even worse. They aired. They aired. I thought. I cannot believe I'm even saying this. This one like, you think it, it can't get any worse. I, this sounds like a parody. This sounds like a parody of George Orwell's 1984. I can't believe I'm about to tell you what they did. I cannot believe this is real. They have a documentary about a World Series where Kurt Schilling famously pitched with a bloody sock. That's right. I, it was one of the greatest stories in modern World Series history. They took that game out of the documentary about the World Series. Is that the, crazy? The documentary is called Four Days in October. It was so now it's only three days because they took it out. I, they've erased him from World Series history in a documentary because of his views on transgender bathroom use. That's crazy. I, I cannot make this up, folks. This is the world we're living in. It's awfully <laughs> scary. And that's ESPN for you. ESPN played a major role in the next story I'm going to tell you about. The second killing of Joe Paterno. Off the charts outrageous when we come back on the John and Leah Show.
If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Although, for the purposes of the next two segments, you might want to check out my other website, which is www.framingpaterno.com. And bring frame- a dinner. What's that? And bring a dinner. Oh, bring a dinner <laughs> and a lunch and a breakfast. Because <laughs> uh, there's you, you literally, lot. in all seriousness, and I know you meant that, Jokingly, in all seriousness, there's about a thousand hours of content uh, at yeah. uh, framingpaterno.com. The framing is figurative; it's not literal. I say that all the time because I'm not a conspiracy person. In fact, I'm the anti-conspiracy person. But here's the deal: you've probably seen the headlines touting over the last couple of days that Joe Paterno. Wow, boy! You know, we thought it was bad when we told you about this story back in 2011, 2012. But that Joe Paterno, he knew about Jerry Sandusky's child sex abuse (laughs) back in 1971 or 76. In fact, he was told by not one but two of Jerry Sandusky's accusers in the 70s about (laughs) Jerry Sandusky's sex abuse. And that mean, evil, horrible Joe Paterno, he did nothing. That's right. Now, um, it's all about winning games, you know. It's all about winning games. Now, for those who don't know, the reason why uh, this is an issue that I have a website about that I'm intimately involved about is, long story short, when this story broke uh, just less than five years ago, I smelled a rat. Mm-hmm. And I smelled uh, media malpractice all over the place, and no one else was diving in, so I dove in. Mm-hmm. And when I dive in... <laughs> He goes all the way, I, head first. I, I dive in heavy. Now, I never imagined how far I was going to dive on this case. N- had no idea. But I kept finding more and more injustice, and I kept being the only guy that could do anything about it. And one thing kept leading to another, and I interviewed Jerry Sandusky not once but twice in prison, and I went on the Today Show twice with Matt Lauer. And I've turned out, I now know, and this is not hyperbole, I know more about this case than anybody on the planet Earth. And that, by the way, includes Jerry Sandusky. Jerry Sandusky. And, and, and in all seriousness. Which Jer- is really whacked out, but it's true. No, it's absolutely true. This is not, I'm not bragging. In fact, I'm not even that proud about it. This, this is just a fact. I, yeah. Uh, 
Okay, so so with that as the backdrop, so over the last almost four years, almost five years, but it's been four years really since I got deeply involved, I have often described the challenge of justice in this case because I was positive that Joe Paterno had not covered up for Jerry Sandusky. I was positive of that, and everything I've learned about the case has backed up that suspicion uh, a thousand percent. And I have often described the challenge going up against the entire media industrial complex, and I mean the entire media industrial complex, because you have to understand, the most important thing to understand about this case, Leah, is that once Joe Paterno gets fired four days into the story, Mm -hmm. the news media is 1,000% invested in that narrative. Because if they're wrong, they not only destroyed a legend who was innocent, they killed a man. Because he dies two months later after getting fired. So the news media is like a five-year-old with Santa Claus. This amazing story that brought them awesome gifts, and they're latching on to this thing until they're 18 years old. There is is no way they're giving up on Santa Claus. So no matter what they need to do to maintain this Santa Claus fairy tale narrative, they're going to do it. So I've described this as going uphill against the wind on ice with lead bricks around our feet. And despite this, with the help of some really amazing people, like, for instance, NFL Hall of Famer Franco Harris, who's the only celebrity that I've ever met that has both wisdom and balls and has, <laughs> has actually has actually using sa- both. Right. Use both. And I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't like too many human beings, but I would take a bullet for Franco Harris in a second. And he's he's metaphorically done the same for me numerous times in this whole thing. I, I mean, and, and the irony is. When I was a kid, I hated Franco Harris because he was a Steeler and I was an Eagles fan and he ran out of bounds all the time. I thought he was a wuss. I, I didn't realize how smart he was. But anyway, the point of this is we've made incredible progress. Over this time period, the NCAA sanctions have been revoked. Joe Paterno's wins were restored. Mm-hmm. Um, the charges against the Penn State administrators have almost all been dropped. The media won't tell you that, but... You know, those guys haven't even gone under trial. They were two of them were indicted almost five years ago. They still haven't faced a trial, but now they're amazing. But now they're only facing a couple of little charges that will never go to trial. So that's as I predicted years ago. It's never going to happen because they're innocent. And they all got fired, got tossed out. These were got to get rid of them. These were incredibly respected people who lost their their livelihoods, their reputations, and they live under indictment for years for a trial that never happened for something they did not do, and there's no evidence that they did it. And and so so those guys are almost off the hook. Even Jerry Sandusky, this week got his first real hearing scheduled in his appeal. In, on right. May 20th, there's going to be an actual open hearing where there's a chance some of the real truth of this case is going to come out. I'm still skeptical of it. So all of this is happening where the, it, the, the media's narrative is crumbling. Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus myth is, is eroding in front of their eyes. And basically what happens next is 
like an eight or nine year old who's starting to suspect that Santa Claus isn't real. On Christmas morning, they see some half-eaten cookies and they go, see, see, he's real. He really still is real. Look at these half-eaten cookies. They right, can right, only, right, right, right. they can only come from Santa Claus, right? Because that's the source of these very suspiciously timed headlines that are beyond outrageous. The headlines have almost all read, as I've already alluded to, Joe Paterno knew of Jerry Sandusky's sex abuse back in the 1970s. Now, for those who don't know, that is way beyond what the worst allegation ever was when this story first hit. I mean, I don't need to get into all the details of of all that if, if it's all yeah, everybody remembers well, i don't know how people how many people remember but it's too much detail to get into the point is this is way 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 before there's any documentation in the real world that joe paterno ever had a hint that anyone was accusing jerry zanusky of anything all right so what are these headlines based on when <laughs> now if you're going to write a headline in major major media News organizations. I'm talking New York Times, USA Today. It went everywhere. Everywhere. Instantly. Instantly. Yes. I mean, yes. it was – I've never seen a story go more viral more quickly with nothing behind it other than maybe the O.J. Simpson we found his knife story. Right. right. And, 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 and by the way, these two stories are very similar. The we found O.J. Simpson's knife story, which was clearly bullcrap. Which I, I called it as bull crap the moment it came out, and it turned and turned out to be total bull crap. And the Joe Paterno knew about Jerry Sandusky in 1976 or 71. Very similar to the O.J. Simpson knife story. Total bull crap, but a great headline, right? Fantastic. I also thought the timing was odd about it well, too. Well, the timing. <laughs> there are those who know this story who, and I'm not a conspiracy person, so I'm very hesitant to come come to this conclusion. Who are positive? That this was not a coincidence. But what was the yeah, base? Yeah. What was the basis of this? What was the basis? You would think that if you're going to do this to a, first of all, not only a guy who was a legend, a guy who lived an exemplary life, Joe Paterno, but a guy who's dead, right? Correct. If you're going to do yeah. this to a guy who lived an exemplary life who's dead, you would think that the substantiation for such a headline, and by the way other news organizations going with the headline without even a whisper of vetting you right. would you would think that let's say let me let me throw out a theory to you you, you know here's something that might very be validate such a headline if a accuser of jerry sandusky's had testified at trial and had kept quiet because you know for whatever reason it's fine if you if you were actually sexually abused i have no problem with you staying anonymous and, you know, got a settlement from Penn State because Penn State paid over $90 million to the accusers of Jerry Sandusky. And then this person wrote a book from a major publisher that vetted the story and determined what the facts were and said, we're willing to vouch for this story. And then this person went and, let's say, did Good Morning America and did a live interview where they answered questions about their story where they claim that in 1971 or 1976, because there's two different people involved in, this, in these headlines, where they claim that they told Joe Paterno directly that they had been abused by Jerry Sandusky. Now, if that, if that series of events had occurred, I would go, I, don't be, I still don't believe it because I know the case 
incredibly well, but at least that would make some sense, right? That would that would be a story where there was vetting, right? right? So, right. so so at least in a rational world, okay, I can understand the headline, even if it's not accurate, folks. It's not what happened. It's not even not even <laughs> within the stratosphere of what happened. Here's what the headlines were first based on. The first headlines that went viral were based on, and I'm not exaggerating, folks, at all. They were based on one half of a sentence written by a judge who had no knowledge of this case, wasn't tasked with knowledge of this case. He was deciding the insurance responsibility of Penn State or the insurance company for the 90 plus million dollars I already told you about that Penn State paid out to the accusers of Jerry Sandusky. One half a sentence where this judge references one accusation made by one of the 30 or so people who got money from Penn State for accusing Jerry Sandusky of having sexually molested them. Not a name, not a date, not a story, not an interview, not a context of what the hell the allegation was. Nothing. Nothing. By the way, this is the same judge in his opinion. I love this, Leah, where he criticizes Penn State because they had to have known at the turn of the century in 2000 that this was a very serious and, and uh, uh, issue that was very prominent because the Catholic Church scandal had already broken and that everybody knew that this was something to be worried about, except for the fact that the Catholic Church scandal didn't come to fruition until late 2002, which is after the whole Sandusky thing happened. So, right. so the judge doesn't even understand the basics of the timeline. He doesn't understand the basics of the issue, and he's just not that bright, and he doesn't know the case. But So he puts into a legal document this fragment of one line and one reporter from a local news agency near state college that by the way broke this story five years ago and is totally invested in the narrative completely invested because if it turns out to be false their paper's going under although it's probably going to go under anyway because most papers are but they put out the headline I, I forget the exact headline but basically joe paterno knew of Jerry Sandusky's sex abuse in 1976. Not now, true. Well, not only not true, <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, it, it's just completely ridiculous that it's not true. I and mean, there's a million reasons why I know it's not true. And here's, and, and, and you know what? If you want to find out what the reasons are, go to framingpaterno.com. The top link in red is my column that I wrote for Dan Abrams. I know you like Dan Abrams. I love Dan Abrams, Dan Abrams even though he's a crazy lib. Dan Abrams has a law website, lawnews.com. And I wrote the column, it's about 2,000 words, explaining why this was complete bullcrap. Not only, by the way, a, a rush to judgment. Forget about rush to judgment, which it obviously was, because there's nothing substantiating it. Flat wrong and impossible yeah. and ludicrous, ludicrous, based upon the basic facts of the case. If you want to find out that uh, why that is the case, just go to framingpaterno.com and check out that, that column. When we come back, I'm going to explain to you why I know, why I know these stories to be false and why the news media is doing this and what it means about our broken 
news media in 2016 on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using My Pillow. You may have seen My Pillow's owner Mike Lindell on their TV commercials. Well, My Pillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love My Pillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And in the very short amount of time we have left, Leah, I need to explain the source of these incredibly off-the-charts bogus headlines about Joe Paterno that have been all over the media over the last couple of days. So what is the source? Where did this come from? Here's where it came from. When Penn State paid out $90 million to about 30 different accusers, so about $3 million, about $3 million to each accuser of Jerry Sandusky. Mm-hmm. By the way, most of those, the vast majority of them never testified at trial, and there was no cross-examination. This was not Mm-mm. a civil trial. This was, you came to Penn State, you said, I- I'm a victim of Jerry Sandusky. If you met certain criteria, they said, here's a check for between $1 and $4, 5000000 million. Please go away. Yep. And there was no vetting of this. None. And I'm not just that's not conjecture on my part. I know there was no vetting on this. Right. And Leah, when I say I know there was no vetting on this, Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating. I know for reasons that I cannot explain right now that will eventually become obvious and when I say I know, Leah, what, what would be your what would be your level on a scale of one to ten? What would be your level of confidence in me making that statement and it being true? A fifteen. Out of out of a hundred? No. Oh, out of ten. Oh, out of ten. Did you go to a hundred? Okay. <laughs> okay, that would be one fifteen or fifteen. Okay. However you want to look at All it. Right. So I'm not just talking out of my ass here. No, and no, no. I, no. I, I have proof that um, is extraordinary. Now, There's here's, no vetting going on. Right. So here's here's how this worked. And this is why the news media keeps screwing this story up. See, in the news media's mind, if an accuser said it, it must be true. Of course because, it must be. Because they have imbued the Sandusky accusers with magic powers. Magic powers. And so anything they say, no matter how absurd, no matter how ludicrous, no matter how many people... It implicates unfairly even dead people who live great right. lives like Joe Paterno. It doesn't matter. It must be true because they can't come up with an alternative explanation. 
Well, let me tell you what really happened here with these two accusations in the 70s. There were two major criteria that Penn State had for the settlements. One was that you were part of Jerry Sandusky's charity. The second is that you have some direct connection to Penn State. And the third, which was important, is that you were young enough to be within the statute of limitations, which means you had to be 30 years or younger, all right? Okay. Uh, because otherwise, technically, you're, you're not eligible for anything. Well, let's, let's do the math. The two accusers from the 70s had a major problem. One, they're way too old to get a settlement. Oops. Way too old. Number two, Jerry's charity didn't exist until 1977. Uh-huh. So if you were at an at a age where his, you know, basically 15 years old is the cutoff because no one over 15 has really remotely, credibly claimed to be an accuser. So if you're over 15, by that time period, you're toast. Unless you have special circumstances. Now, what might be the special circumstances? You have Maybe some, you have a great lawyer. <laughs> well, you have, you have a great lawyer, and that lawyer understands that Penn State is afraid of connections of your story to Penn State. And Hello. specifically, Joe Paterno. So it's not a coincidence that the guy from 1971... And the guy mm-hmm. from 1976, who have no connection to the charity and are right. too old to get a settlement, here's right. what happens. Their lawyer goes, this doesn't look good. Um, you're outside of the statute of limitations. You're not part of the Second Mile charity. Is there anything else you can tell me about your story <laughs> that might make this you know, important for Penn State to want to go away? And guess what happens? They come well, up with know, the I story. Told Joe Paterno. They they come up with the story of yeah 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 that's it ticket yeah I <laughs> I, I told Joe Paterno yeah I did I ding I told, ding 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 here's your check yeah, sir that, and and guess what they got paid yes they got paid for a a lie that is as despicable as anything I've ever heard. Completely unvetted, and even Penn State. This is this is how bad the media is. Penn State's president came out today and said there is no evidence that right. the people we gave money to, that their allegations against Paterno or anybody against Penn State are remotely legitimate. Which was True. an extraordinary statement from him because he's been a wussy on the case from day one. He wanted and, it to go away. And the media changes the headline from Penn State says there's no evidence to Penn State admits they gave the 1971 guy money. As if that's proof it's true. It's not. It didn't happen. It's all bullcrap. Framingpaterno.com. Leah, thanks.